At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by Huckberry. Huckberry is my favorite place to shop online. Everything from clothing, they got stuff for your everyday carry, camping gear, things for your house like furniture and even like art. You name it, they've got it and they handpick all this stuff to feature in their store. Go check it out at huckberry.com. And if you want to see some of the things I've purchased from Huckberry over the years, go to aom.is slash aomhuck. And if it's your first time purchasing, use code ART15 at checkout and you'll save 15% off your first purchase. Again, aom.is is slash aomhuck and then code art15 to save 15% off your first purchase. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Shave time, shave money. Join now at dollarshaveclub.com slash aom. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash aom. Also by Hulu Plus. Watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere with Hulu Plus on your TV or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. You can watch shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Daily Show, and Shark Tank and much more. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Art of Man. That's HuluPlus.com slash Art of Man. And now, to the show. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, the way we define success in America, especially, is power and money, right? The more power, the more money you have, the more successful you are. The thing is, though, oftentimes when people pursue these things, they realize that those power and money, is, it's a lot more, the, the feeling of success is a lot more hollow than they thought it would be. And in fact, people find that their lives are actually the worst for just striving for just those things. Um, they're stressed out, their relationships with their family have, have eroded, they're burnt out, um, and they just don't feel complete or whole. Well, our guest today um, is just written a book about redefining success beyond power and money. Uh, it's Ariana Huffington. That might come to a surprise to some of you all. Um, but she wrote a great book called Thrive. Uh, the third metric to redefining success and creating a life of well-being, wisdom, and wonder. Uh, in it, she makes the case that we need to, yeah, think about success in terms of beyond power and money, but also think about just our general well-being, um, our capacity to give and have you know a full relationship with our family and friends. Uh, so we have a great discussion. I think you're going to enjoy it. So stay tuned. Ariana Huffington, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Okay, so your new book is Thrive. Um, and it's a, all about this idea that you've been writing about on the Huffington Post and you're know, having these conferences um, about the third metric, which is redefining success. Um, can you explain to our listeners what the third metric is? Yes. Yeah, so the first two metrics of success that um, our culture 
as the basically shrunk and success down to are money and power. And um, what I'm saying in thrive is that in order to really thrive and flourish and not just succeed, we need to include that third definition, that third metric, which includes four pillars, our well-being, our wisdom, our capacity to wonder at life, and um, our capacity to give. And for me, these four things really, together with the first two metrics, create a full life of real fulfillment and uh, purpose and meaning and joy. I, I want to bring joy back into our daily life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you are, you're a, a woman of great success. Um, what inspired you to think about or start you know, thinking about this idea of the third metric? Was there a, a Genesis story? Yes, there was a Genesis story. And in fact, I, I opened the book with a Genesis story because um, it was pretty dramatic. I collapsed from burnout, exhaustion, and sleep deprivation on April 6, 2007, uh, two years after we had founded the Huffington Post. And I broke my a cheekbone and got four stitches on my right eye. And uh, as I was kind of, um, as I came to in a pool of blood on the floor of my office, I started asking myself that question, you know, is that what success is? <laughs> because by any sane definition of success, if you're lying in a pool of blood, you're not successful, whatever society may say, in terms of the first two metrics. Yeah, and then I looked around me, and, and I saw that... Um, in fact, uh, it wasn't just me, that it was um, our culture generally that was that was suffering from burnout and from what, uh, you know, Anne-Marie Slaughter has called time marchers, you know, this equation of being hurried and overworked with machismo and manliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, you, you go into great detail about some of the, the problems that we're facing as individuals and as a society because... We're so driven for power and money. Um, can you, disc- you know, just discuss a few of those issues that we're exper- seeing uh, as a society besides burnout? Yeah. So um, if we start with um, our health, we see now that three quarters of our healthcare costs come from um, uh, stress-related diseases, chronic preventable stress-related diseases. And we see in our own individual lives. You know, we we see the number of very successful um, men, especially with heart attacks in their feet, with high blood pressure, diabetes. And we really need to ask ourselves, is this some kind of collective delusion Mm -hmm. that we are living under? That the only way to um, achieve our dreams and um, accomplish what we want is by paying that heavy price in terms of our health. And and uh, my answer is categorically no. In fact, uh, one of my favorite sections in the book is the one that has scientific study after scientific study that shows that sleep, meditation, uh, taking some time to renew ourselves uh, are actually performance enhancement tools. And that um, athletes are using them more and more. They're kind of ahead of the rest of us and ahead of business people in incorporating them because it, they make them better on the court. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and besides the um, the health issues, you also discuss sort of the, the societal issues we're having, right? Like a, a sense, like a lack of community, um, you know, some of the things, the things you hear people gripe about or complain about on talk shows and the like. Um, how is, yes, exactly. Yeah, how is that affecting our sense of community in our country? Well, we see it all around us. We see the lack of community. We see uh, smart leaders in politics, in business, in media making terrible decisions, not because they are not um, intelligent, but because they are not wise. And we see the connection between uh, touching deeper parts of ourselves and being able to to make wiser decisions. And we also see all the collective problems we are facing, uh, like climate change, uh, uh, like growing inequalities, like the failed war on drugs. And we all know that we need to do something different. We even know what to do, but we're not doing it. Yeah, because we're we're, we're too busy just with focusing on the wrong things, I guess. Exactly. That's a very good way of putting it. Okay. Um, as I was reading your book, the thing that kept on coming up in my mind was like, you know, it seems like, you know, social critics and philosophers and prophets, you know, since time immemorial, they've been admonishing us, right, uh, to avoid worshiping the false idols of money and power. But the message never sticks. You know, it's like 2000 years later after Jesus said, you know, don't worship mammon. <laughs> Here we are. We're still doing it. Why, why is it so hard for us to, you know, not focus on money and power, even when we know it's not good for us. Um, what's, yes, what's, what... and you know, neither, neither you nor I are saying that there's anything wrong with money or sure. power. It's just that when they are the exclusive objectives exactly. of our life, that we kind of basically um, shrink ourselves down to, to those two metrics and miss out the enormous possibilities we encompass. But you're absolutely right. It's not just that we forget uh, philosophers and social critics from time immemorial, it's also that we forget our own wake-up call. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, on my book tour, I've had so many people come up to me and say, you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer or I was diagnosed with heart disease. And and immediately after that, I I re-looked at my life, I reprioritized what mattered, etc. But now it's two years later and I'm fine and uh, I'm back to my old ways. <laughs> and uh, and you know I honestly think that I might have done the same thing, but somehow um, something in me made me write this book, and now I talk about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, I'm kind of <laughs> there's a pressure to live live up to live up to what you're talking about exactly, but it, it, it's also harder to relax <laughs> when I'm constantly. I'm constantly kind of reminding myself of these messages. That's why I say in the book that the world constantly sends us messages about making more money, climbing the career ladder, um, being more recognized and more powerful. And we need to create our own daily rituals and, uh, and a little tribe, a little support group to support us to also include the third metric in our lives. And I, and that's why, Brett, us have so many small, microscopic steps that we can take to make this real. You know, at the end of each of the sections, there are three little steps, and they're very practical and they're very manageable, and we can all do them starting today, 
And then what happens, because that's what happened to me, is that you begin to feel the reward, you know, the reward of of actually waking up in the morning and feeling really recharged and ready to face the day and ready to deal with all the obstacles and challenges that every day brings. Yeah. As opposed to dragging yourself through the day uh, <laughs> like a zombie, <laughs> going from one thing to the other because you're too too exhausted. Yeah. You know, I... I've had the same experience as you have where like I'll get on, I'll, I'll start doing the things I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to be doing, like getting more sleep and meditating and, you know, volunteering. But then I always backslide. And I think part of the yeah. problem that I, I have is that, you know, like money and power, it's like you, there's a concrete metric, right? You can look at your bank account and say, hey, I'm doing pretty well because I have X amount of dollars. Or you can look at your um, title at your in your job and say, oh, I'm, I'm advancing up the career ladder it's a little fuzzier with, you know, well-being like, and, you know, general domestic happiness or gross domestic happiness or whatever. I mean, you can say, I'm feeling happy, but then you kind of forget about it because you can't, I don't know, it's hard to like make it, make it concrete and real. Um, I mean, do you have any suggestions on making that like make, I guess, measuring those metrics of happiness and well-being where it's like actually concrete. So it's similar to like, you know, your bank account, right? You can see it and like, I'm doing yeah. well. That's a great point, and and I know that what makes it more concrete is becoming more aware of our own state of being. Uh, let me give you an example. Look at how we treat our smartphone. We are very aware of how much battery there is remaining because we get these alerts, right, that mm-hmm. say uh, if you have an iPhone, 20% of battery remaining or 17% of battery remaining. And by about 13%, I personally begin to get worried. I look around for a recharging shrine where I can plug my phone, and they're everywhere, like in our homes, our offices, uh, the, the airport. And what if we could treat ourselves as well as we treat our smartphones? <laughs> what we would need to do is to you know, increase our awareness of how we're feeling, because that's really what you are saying. At the moment, we are very fuzzy about it. And, uh, I mean, I clearly was so completely fuzzy that I didn't even know that I was I was running on below zero battery when I collapsed, right? Yeah. And I think if we can increase our awareness and if we can also have a, a group around us, so and when I say group, it can be one person, two people, a colleague, a friend, a relative, who can actually act as our own alert system. We can say, you know what? You look exhausted. Or you're sounding like you're reacting to everything that happens to you. You know, you're getting angry at the slightest thing. I mean, we can make a list. In my life, I have a list of barometers. One of them is how upset do I get by things going wrong? (laughs) Because things go wrong every day, even in the most blessed of lives, right? Yeah. So if I can, when I'm centered and recharged, it's almost as though I'm bigger than all the things that can go wrong. I can sort of expand to include them and maintain that center that Marcus Aurelius, who after all was a, the emperor of Rome as well as being a stoic philosopher, he called it the inner citadel. And he said, you can be in, the, in your inner citadel no matter what happens. It can't reach you there. You can deal with it, but you don't let it affect your own 
peace. You are kind of the, you know, in the eye of the hurricane, if you want. Yeah. And uh, that, for me, is a very tangible measure of when I am living from the third metric and when I'm not. So, yeah, just your general resilience to the, the daily problems of life. Exactly, the daily ups and downs. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. All right, why are shaving razors so darn expensive? Could it be that those billion-dollar shave companies overload the razors with with ridiculous shave tech you don't need? I mean, seriously, do you need to shave a razor with a vibrating handle or a back scratcher or laser pointer or whatever else they put on there? Well, dollarshaveclub.com sends amazing quality razors and other cool bathroom stuff right to your door for just a couple bucks a month. With Dollar Shave Club, it's only $6.00. For a four pack, seriously, six bucks for the best quality blades you can get. Besides the razors, they have other quality bathroom products for men. You can check out their Doctor Carver's early sh- Doctor Carver's Easy Shave Butter and One Wipe Charlies, which are butt wipes for men. And don't laugh; they actually feel really great. I've tried them before. Uh, and since DollarShaveClub.com doesn't waste money on ridiculous shave tech, they charge a fraction of what the big shave, shave companies charge. So join the hundreds of thousands of guys who've upgraded to the smarter way to shave. Shave time, shave money. Join now, dollarshaveclub.com slash AOM. So yeah, please support this podcast and a great company by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash AOM. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash AOM. You've probably tried Hulu on your computer. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch current season episodes of your favorite shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Daily Show, and Shark Tank, and watch every episode of shows like Community, Lost, and Doctor Who. Now more than ever, there's so much to watch. Take total control with Hulu Plus to stream these shows and thousands more as much as you want, wherever you want. Hulu Plus works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already own. You can even watch on your phone or iPad while you're on the train or at work, or I know some of you probably do this in the bathroom. Uh, You can block off a day to do some serious binge watching. Also, get exclusive access to stream the Criterion Collection movies. If you're a film geek, you know these aren't easy to get your hands on, and Hulu Plus has all of them. Also, all movies and kids shows are ad-free. For only $7.99 a month, get your entertainment anytime, anywhere. That's like a quarter a day. Right now, sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Art of Man and get two weeks full access completely free. That's a whole extra week more with a special offer when you sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Art of Man. So get with it and start streaming TV now with Hulu Plus. And now, back to the show. Um, so you in your book, you mentioned a few of these suggestions on how to overcome burnout. And you've talked a few about a few of them in the podcast, like sleeping and meditation. Um, what are some, I mean, there's so many we can talk about, but what are you think, what do you think are the yeah. most, I guess, the, 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 the suggestions you think if people started using today, they would notice an immediate change in their life? Okay. Well, the first step that I recommend at the end of the well-being section is that unless you are one of the few wise people who get all the sleep they want, meaning all the sleep they need, because you cannot oversleep. You can overeat, but you can't oversleep. Uh, start by getting 30 minutes more than you are getting now. And I have 55 pages of scientific end notes because I want to convince the most stubborn skeptics <laughs> about these things that, that sleep is, for example, like a wonder drug. 
uh, it affects our health, our creativity, our mental clarity, how fast we age, everything. And and so that's where we need to deal with this sort of macho belief that uh, um, sleep is for losers, you sleep when you're dead, you know, all these things that we, we say to each other. And the assumption that somehow sleep deprivation is some kind of virility symbol. I actually have been with a guy recently who blasted that he had only gotten four hours sleep the night before. And I wanted to say, but I didn't say, you know what, if you had gotten five, this dinner would have been more interesting. <laughs> well, you're right. We, we glorify that, right? Uh, the, the lack of we sleep. You, you, you see yeah. blog posts like on Forbes or Business Insider saying, these CEOs only get by in four hours of sleep. And that's supposed to be a good thing. Yeah, and I was actually, I was speaking at Taft um, um, University, and I, and I was with a very successful CEO who, after saying that she only got five hours sleep, she admits that she does not remember the last time she was not tired. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and I hear that a lot. And, and it's so sad because the difference between going through life tired and going through life recharged is huge. Yeah. And, um, and, and not just in our, in our enjoyment of life, but also in the decisions we make. I quote Bill Clinton in my book who said, um, all the important mistakes I made in my life, I made when I was tired. We did not specify what mistakes, <laughs> but we can all identify. I, I certainly can. And another thing, just I know we can't go through all the steps, but there are 12 specific steps, three at the end of each section. But another one, which I think may probably be very relevant for, for your listeners, is learning to disconnect from our technology, all our technology, all our devices at the end of the day. So for me, what I say is at the end of the day, turn off your devices and gently escort them out of your bedroom. Uh, charging your smartphone by your bed is not a smart idea because if you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom for whatever reason, you are going to be tempted to look at your data. Yeah. And if you look at your data, your sleep will not be as recharging as it needs to be and as it would have been otherwise, and it's just not worth it. And I have a lot of substitutes for an alarm clock. You can buy one from Pottery Barn, a beautiful vintage-looking one for $32. If you need to be rich because, let's say, you're a news editor or your children may need to reach you, you can, I have, that's what I do. I have um, an old-fashioned phone with no data. Mm-hmm. That uh, if there's an emergency, people can ring it. Or you can have a landline. We imagine that. <laughs> Maybe we can bring the landlines back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually installed an app on my phone that blocks the rest of my apps except for the phone capability for certain time periods. Like when I'm with my kids in the morning and at night, I can't look at my phone to check email or anything like that, but I can get phone calls. That's helped oh, me a that's lot. That's so great. I'd love to know. I don't know about that app, but it would be great if you can put it on on the site and then I can share it with our readers too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been great. It's totally kicked the habit that I had of just constantly checking. And you also, in your book at the end, in the appendix, you give a lot of, speaking of, you know, using technology to help us wean ourselves off technology, you provide all these apps and services that can help us, uh, I guess, manage our technology use uh, a bit better. Exactly, because technology is addictive. 
Um, I have picked my favorite 12 apps that can help us avoid distraction. And, um, and my 12 favorite apps that can teach us to meditate, as well as my 12 favorite apps that can help us learn um, where we want to give our time, resources, you know, just kind of explore all the possibilities that we can, we can um, match um, ourselves and, and what we want to do with the greatest needs. Very good. Yeah, I, I actually I learned about a few new ones that I'm already using now. So thank you for doing that. Right. Um, thank you. So one of the sections that called out to me is because we've written about this, and we've talked about it a few times on our site, was in your section on wonder. You wrote about memento mori, um, which I think is it's the, for listeners who aren't familiar with it. It's this idea of meditating upon death, and but you talk about how as a society we really don't think about death anymore, and that's to our detriment. And by meditating on death or thinking about it, we can actually become happier uh, in some small way. Can you talk about how Memento Mori can help us lead a more flourishing life? Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, Socrates, you know, the, the Greek philosopher, um, said, practice death daily. And he didn't mean it in a morbid way, but precisely in the way that Romans uh, used Memento Mori, remember death, and actually... They carved M.M. on statues and trees to remind people. And I think the way I use it, and I use it every day, is basically not to sweat the small stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because um, when I'm getting upset about something, I just literally, now it's become like um, a real habit. I can remind myself, you know what? This life is so short, and we don't know where it ends, either for us or for the people we love. So really, is this worth it? Yeah. <laughs> is it worth being upset about that? And I would say 100, 100 times out of 100, it's not worth it. And I say that even for big things. Like, I mean, I had a big crisis in my life, and I write about it about two years ago, and my oldest daughter was a senior in college, two, two months away from graduating, got involved in drugs. And I got the call every parent dread, you know, mommy, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And even then, as I picked her up at the emergency room as we worked on her recovery, I kept feeling so grateful that she was alive. Yeah. You know, again, death, death, death made it possible for me to put what we were going through in perspective. Yeah, and that's a, you know, that's a stoic idea as well. They, you know, the, the stoics counseled us to think about our child being dead um, because it makes you enjoy having them with you at that moment because you don't you never know when they're going to go um, so it makes you right. and appreciate it makes you yeah and it even makes you enjoy them even when they're misbehaving or doing things you wish they hadn't done yeah 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 I, I really love that that idea of momentum mori um, and I think you know I, th- I thought it was interesting you just talked about how as a society we're just so uncomfortable with death like we just hide it away, you know, don't even want to think about it. Um, but it's such a natural part of life, and I think we're missing out on something by not uh, making it a part of our life. Um, so Thrive seems to be directed towards women. You talk a lot about how, um, you know, women have gotten to the workforce, um, but as a consequence of sort of following this uh, kind of masculine drive for power and money, uh, they've, they've run into some problems that didn't imagine they were going to have. 
Um, but the advice you give and the suggestions you give are for both men and women. I'm curious to get your insight on this. Um, how has our culture's constant work and drive for power and money affected women and men differently or, or has it even done that? And if so, well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, first of all, I, I would say that um, that the message is equally applicable to women and to men. Um, the reason why I I think that um, women have in certain areas to lead the way is because the way the world has been designed now, focusing on the first two metrics of money and power, has been primarily designed by men. So now I think a lot of good men are helping redesign it. And there is a plethora of men to use as role models. And I quote a lot of them in the book, you know, Mark Bertolini, the CEO of Aetna, who discovered the benefits of meditation, yoga, and acupuncture for himself after he broke his neck in a skiing accident, then made them available to his 49,000 Aetna employees, and then brought Duke University in to, to actually put a number on the improvement, exactly back to what you were saying, actually making this metric less fuzzy. And Duke University said that there was a 7% reduction in healthcare costs, a 69-minute improvement in productivity every day. So that's, that's what helps, and men are really good at, at making the metrics less fuzzy. And I quote a lot of other men who are um, integrating these practices in their lives to kind of integrate the third metric in their lives and their businesses. And um, so I feel that like with every shift, this global shift we're going through, we have its early adopters and there will be men and women because also sometimes women feel they have to outmatch a man in order to succeed. And uh, you have women who brag about how the kids they get, women executives, congratulate each other for working 24-7, etc. So I think it's not so much a matter of gender, but how comfortable you are with yourself in order to begin to be part of this um, cultural revolution, really, that's going on. Yeah. I think yeah, you're right. It's for everyone, but I feel like men uh, are going to have a harder time, I guess, embracing a thrive mentality because we're so socialized and ingrained to be like, you need, you know, get money, get power. That's the only thing that matters. Um, do you have any ideas on how men can kind of overcome that obstacle uh, in embracing a uh, the third metric? I think they should go straight to the sports section in the book. <laughs> <laughs> And they can find it easily by looking in the index for names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Andy Murray. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they can look look for some of their beloved um, um, stars and find them there. And they can see what they're doing in their lives. Because after all, for athletes, it's all about winning, right? It's not about anything else. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and they and they and their coaches have clearly recognized that when they uh, integrate these um, practices, uh, these uh, new attitudes into their daily lives, 
and into the coaching, they are much better on the court. They are more likely to win. There is a great way that this was summed up by Andy Murray in an interview with Charlie Rose that I think a lot of your listeners who are now business owners and managers may be able to um, um, to respond to. And that she said that when she's recharged and, and really rested and she's on the court, the ball comes at him in slow motion. And I love that as a metaphor for our life because when we are juggling everything, you know, when we are managing multiple things and managing crises, etc., sometimes we feel overwhelmed. And it's as though everything is coming at us all at once. And if we can change that perception, uh, it's kind of amazing how much it magnifies our leadership potential. Very good. Um, so, Ariana, um, time has come to an end. Uh, where can people find out more about your book, Thrive? So if you go to HuffingtonPost.com slash Thrive, there's a lot of information, interviews, the whole introduction that people can read. And I would like to invite your listeners to tell us their stories, put them on your site, cross-post them with us. Um, this is just about opening up this conversation. And we started the hashtag, How I Thrive, and we asked people to share their stories because it's like sharing recipes. It's kind of, I learned from little tips, little practices that others are using, little rituals, and I often incorporate them in my life and vice versa, I hope. Well, very good. Well, Arnie Huffington, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our guest today was Ariana Huffington. She's the founder of the Huffington Post and also the author of the latest book, Thrive, the Third Metric to Redefining Success and Creating a Life of Well-Being, Wisdom, and Wonder. And you can find that on Amazon.com or bookstores everywhere. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And until next time, stay manly. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.